Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for this time you've given us, man, to get into your word and to better understand you as the gift, the greatest gift of all time. And for, in order for us to be a gift, we have to receive you as that gift. And so, Father, as we go through these points, I pray that we point it in the right direction to be the individual you have created us to be. And Lord, I thank you for this honor you've given me to pour into these young people. With that being said, I come against every demonic spirit, every spirit of retaliation, every witchcraft spell, anything that may be coming against myself, my family, my future generations, my properties, and these young people. I counsel your plotting schemes against them, for this word will go forth unhindered, and it will produce the fruit that it was intended to produce. And with that being said, Father, we turn our attention back to you. We thank you for that authority. We thank you, Lord, for that uh, benefit that comes with it. And we appreciate you that your spirit will govern this time as we go through these points. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, today we're going to be talking about the gift that keeps on giving. Um, something that dropped in my spirit today. Um, wasn't trying to stay on brand. Wasn't trying to be on Christmas brand until God was like, no, we're going to be on Christmas brand. Uh, but we're going to talk about the gift that keeps on giving. Now, what are the two significant things that gives or makes a gift significant? What makes a gift significant? Yes. So one thing that does make a gift significant is the person that was given from or by. What's the second thing that makes a gift significant? Yes, sir. The value. The value. There we go. Those two are the two points. The individual and the cost. And I wrote here, there are two reasons why a person doesn't see Jesus as the greatest gift, and it's because of those two things. Oftentimes, we just look at God as someone that's always going to be there. We look at God as, ah, the OG, you know, he's always with me, he's, he's that. But we forget the cost and we forget the individual. When you begin to realize that the gift that was given was not just a PS5 or jewelry or, or those things, it's actually a person. And when you're being gifted with a person, um, I mean, we think about your friends, think about your cousins, think about... The, the most valuable people in your life, what makes them so valuable to you? You can name them, and you can also name what makes them valuable. What is, what is that one person that is a man? Man, I'm glad that this person's in my life. And what does that person give to you on a day-to-day? -day? It could be mom, dad, brother, sister. It could be a mentor. Who? Yes, sir. Um, I would just say in general, parents. Okay. Um, because when they brought you in this life, and they, what they do day to day is give you like golden nuggets mm -hmm. and tell you that, okay, I know you want to do this, but you know, kind of try to watch out to protect them. And what the two things we just shared as far as what makes a gift significant, we said the individual and we said the cost. Now, until you're a parent, you don't know how much it costs. Like, like kids are expensive. Like, we're not just talking about, um, financially expensive like my daughter will roll like so we have this thing where like uh well she blows me kisses now i think she blow you a kiss every now and then but she blows me about 100 a day okay and every time i come in the house she blows me a kiss now now when it's 8 30 9 o'clock that's dad time i just found out something last week that was very key i used to get jealous of my wife i was like why you always snuggle with her why you don't snuggle with your dad like, come on snuggle. i didn't know that babies get oxytocin 
or a chemical release in their brain from their mother cuddling, but from playing from their dad. And so now when I got that in mind, I said, oh, we playing all the time because I don't know what oxytocin is to a degree, but I know it's good for you. <laughs> That's free drugs. You know what I'm saying? So, well, chemicals. Is, <laughs> all right. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is, is that there'll be times when I'll be tired, but I'm like, man, I got to keep giving the gift because I don't want her rolling and doing tricks for another man. And so while she's rolling and while she's a kid, I know, but that's real. Some guys, some men are too busy to be a holistic gift to their child. And so when you think about a person like a parent, sometimes you be like, okay, no, 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 no. It like, like it really cost you your last to feed me. No, it cost you, it cost you a lot to be my parent, especially you have a good one. So when you think about gifts, sometimes we look at gifts only based upon uh, tangible things, electronics, clothes, shoes, jewelry. We look at those as gifts. But sometimes we look at a gift as a person, then you'll be like, man, I got to look at God differently. Not a God that owes me, but a God that I should always be in awe of. A God is like, man, you're constantly giving me grace when I don't deserve it. You constantly give me favor when I don't deserve it. Like, like, do you know how many times God protected you, but you'll never know how many times? Do you know how many times you could have been kidnapped? How many times you could have been snatched up? How many times you could have been dead, car accident, but God in his mercy saved you and you was just la, 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 la down the road, had no clue. Angels wiping sweat off their brow like, man, we almost lost one. <laughs> but because God's grace. And so when you look at Jesus as a gift, it won't just be a gift that you get and put on the shelf. And I think that's what we do with him. That's what we do with valuable people oftentimes. We get too comfortable. That's why you have to be very cognizant because one day will be the last day you're going to be with that one that you loved. Like one day, there's going to be a last day when me and my mom have an interaction. There's going to be a, a day where by mom and everybody, that's going to be my last day seeing her. By dad, it's my last time seeing him. Sister, brother, whoever. Or it may be my time to go. And I might be, hold on, let me, let me just, well, about 60 years from now. <laughs> anyway, but what I'm saying is we got to start looking at people as gifts because sometimes those gifts are the ones they keep giving. See, your PS5 only give you two hours per day or so, three. Um, your clothes only be giving, you know, when you wear them. They only can give when you wear them. Like they, you can only, they can only give as you're operating with, but when it comes to a person, and so when you think about God, when you think about Jesus as a gift, you got to say, man, what does this guy keep giving? So let's go right to it. Here's some scriptures real quick. I won't labor too long. John 3, 16 says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now, most people look over that verse, they don't really know the substance or its significance. Now, if God had many sons, then we won't probably think that gift was significant. The Bible says he gave us what? Only. Have you ever been in a position where, well, I ain't going to pick on no couples or nothing like that, but I'll just talk about my own relationship. My wife, man, that's why I eat in the car all the time. I eat in the car. Keith, eat in the car, man. Don't bring you, because when you bring your food around your, like, around your girl, your plate looks better. But there's been times where you, my wife would be like, I want that. And it's, it, man, that's why I hide your fries. You know that one good fry you like, that one tender? Don't let them see that tender. Your favorite tender's gone. You know what I'm saying? Look at you. You're already plotting. But what I'm saying is, is that when it's your only, it costs. 
For instance, her nephew, this guy has, this guy has no clue how many $20 bills I've given him that was my last. This man turned around talking about uh, Uncle Josh, I'm sure it would be nice to get this skin on Fortnite. Oh, man, I need some V-Bucks. And because, you know, nephew, I said, man, I don't want to get it to him, but I gave him my last. That thing hurt when I got back in the car. Like, dang, that boy, hustle me again. I need that 20. <laughs> but what I'm saying is when it's your only, it's a different value to it. So if, G- if God had a bunch of sons, and that means if Jesus didn't do what he's supposed to, he, I can send another one. But when it's your only, yo, fam, you got to see it through, man. <laughs> like, like you got to do die every eye cross every T because if you don't, the whole world self-destructs. 2 Corinthians 9.15 says, thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. Isaiah 9.6 says, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Romans 6.23 says, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of work, so that no one may boast. Matthew 1, 21 says, She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from his sins, their sins. 1 John 4, 9, In this the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only son, gift into the world, so that we might live through. Now, when we see the value of that gift, the question is, why don't we receive the gift? Everyone's getting gifts tomorrow, I'm pretty sure. Some people passing gifts as we speak. But there's gifts. But imagine if you give someone a gift and they don't receive it. And it's the very thing they wanted. Do you know, in God, is everything you always wanted? We've all heard this phrase, looking for love in all the what? Wrong place. What is the wrong place to look for love? In the gym, okay. Yep, expel. Yeah, that's good. So, like, say you're in the gym, like, you're working out, you're doing your thing, and you see a girl, and she's looking good, and you like, yo. And then she like, uh. She's strong. Like, she like, oh. kind of kind of freaked out, because you all sweaty, you be kind of musty. And then she like, and she like, uh, nah, I'm, I'm good. And it's, it's kind of like awkward. It's awkward. What's another wrong place to look for love? In a club, where? A woman that won't love you back. So, but it's crazy that we're looking for love in all the wrong places when all of love is in one place. And when you understand God has a never-ending supply of love, then you will always receive that gift. Now, here are four things that comes with Jesus as a gift. And then we're going to talk about how we, because of that gift, can be a gift. Number one, G, grace. Jesus brings the gift of unmerited favor and divine grace, providing salvation and forgiveness. Grace is important. Grace is undeserved, meaning that God gives me grace even when I am unfit for it, meaning that when I make a mistake, there is a grace there. Now, that grace, the Bible says, shall we continue in sin, that grace abounds. The Bible says, God forbid, meaning that I, just because I got a bunch of grace don't mean I sin with it. Just because I, just because I know God's going to give me grace, doesn't mean that I continue to do what I got to do. Now, I tell, I tell people all the time that God, God will save you from your sins, but he doesn't always save you from the consequences of them. 
So there's sometimes you have to really begin to say, okay, I can't abuse God's grace. I can't abuse that gift because God's grace is for your race. That's why you got to find God's race for you because that's where you'll find God's grace for you. So if you marry the wrong one, there ain't going to be as sufficiency amount of grace as expected if you are with the one. Like if you're pursuing a career that God never intended, there's going to not be as much grace for that assignment. That is grace for your salvation. There's a difference between grace for your salvation and grace for your decisions. So you got to be like, okay, God, because you don't want to get into your 20s and 30s and you have to sweat for everything. You have to go hard for everything. You got to go. Like, think One thing I realized at my age and in my mid-20s, so when I was in the will of God, things was just clicking. Things was favored. It was smooth. It was no resistance. But when I started going my own route, it was a struggle after struggle after struggle. I had to pay for everything. But what comes with Jesus is this unmerited grace. Number two, inspiration. What comes with the gift Jesus is inspiration. His teachings inspires love, compassion, and a purpose way of living. So you got to ask yourself, who or what inspires you the most? And if your inspiration comes from heaven, you can navigate anything in this earth. So what are some things that people are inspired by that gets them going, that gets them creating, that gets them moving? Yes, sir. Yeah. You're, like succeeding in it, and you might see it on a post or something. You may get like um, inspired by that because that's something you want to do, and you're seeing it's working for that. Other and that gets you going. And what's another thing that will inspire you, yes, sir? Well, basically, what he said. Somebody, yeah. Somebody doing something better, like somebody doing something better than what you're doing. Yeah, that's inspirational. Anybody else? Now, what what can cause? that inspiration to expire from that, for those people that motivating and inspire you. How can it expire? i give you an example. If a person you looked up to that inspired you, but you was far from them, but when you get close to them, you begin to see they are not what, what has been advertised. All of a sudden, that person that inspired you, that's why you're going to see a great falling away coming soon. The Bible talks in the last day, it'll be a great falling away. And you know what's going to make the great falling away occur? People idolizing preachers. People idolizing people of high renown. And what happens when they fall? So, for instance, if a preacher gets caught up in adultery or someone that you looked up to got caught up in something like, whoa, I didn't know you was gay or why I didn't know you was this way. Like, like you found out something crazy. It's going to affect your walk with God. So your inspiration can't come from a man because a man can make mistakes. A woman can make mistakes. Your inspiration has to come from something that cannot be tainted. So if you're inspired by God, it don't matter who falls. You won't stall. You'll keep it going. And so your, the greatest gift is Jesus being an inspiration. Like, okay, I'm going to look up to him. He said greater works that I would do. Like, I'm going to get into his teachings. I'm going to learn on how he moved and navigated. Like, I'm going to vibe with his precious spirit in me so I can be inspired constantly. 
And so when you understand that what comes with a person is more than just the person, the person has presence, the person has giftings. And so the first thing that we get from God as a gift is grace. We don't got to pay for it. It's given. Inspiration is given. Next is faith. Through Jesus, the gift of faith is offered. I love that word. I put there intentionally. Everything God gives is offered, but it doesn't mean it's received. God is offering you every day an opportunity to get to know him. Offering you opportunities as a young man to get to know him so that you can be the husband that you're supposed to be. Young lady, so you can be the woman that you're supposed to be, the wife you're supposed to be, etc. He's offering it, but we're not taking the offer. It says, through Jesus, the gift of faith is offered, fostering a deep and meaningful connection with the divine. So he's saying, man, I'm trying to offer you a deep level of faith. Everybody right now is sitting by faith. Everybody. You sitting by faith on the floor, but everybody else sitting by faith by the chair. Now, if y'all walked into this room and you saw five people's chairs collapse, would you sit in the chair? What you would do, you start investigating the chair. You'd be like, hold on, man. What makes these chairs? You know what I'm saying? I'm talking, we ain't talking about heavy people falling. If I fall, you're like, damn, this dad's eating too much. But if you saw someone that ain't that heavy falling in the chair, you'd be like, I'm going to question the chair. We're all living and walking and breathing and sitting by faith. Right now, you're breathing by faith. But until something comes in to jeopardize that, then you won't have no faith no more. But when you understand the gift that was been given in regards to faith, then you can stand no matter what challenges may occur. Last but not least, he offers tea transformation. He brings the gift of transformation, renewing hearts and minds for a better and purposeful life. Now, how, how does a person, I guess you guys already alluded to it, like when you're around somebody that's better than you and you're around someone that's more disciplined than you, you naturally get better. One thing I love about what I do when people get into my coaching programs, people get into my sphere of life, they get better. That's the goal in life. You got to surround yourself with people that help you inspire naturally to want to be better. If you get bad and not better, you're around the wrong group, right? But when you're around God and you fellowship, you naturally become better. Now, can someone give me a testimony or testify of how when you're reading your Bible often, you vibing with God often, you naturally get better. But when you start falling away, you start getting worse. How many people can testify that? I'm, I know that for sure in my life. When I'm in that word, when I'm with God, when I'm vibing with him, when, I'm, when, when he's my focus and centerpiece and, and I'm inspired by him often, I naturally get better. But when two or three days go by, they say seven days without prayer makes one week. Seven days without prayer makes one week. Meaning the longer you go without prayer, the weaker you get. The longer you go without getting into that word feasting for your spirit, man, the quicker you get weaker. But the more you engage, just for instance, if I, if I, don't, if I miss four days or four weeks of going to the gym, what's going to happen to my strength? naturally get weaker. When I go in, when I, I don't know when I'm going to play ball with y'all this, this break, but when I come and play ball, I got to put up 100 shots or so before I play with y'all because that thing will hit the other side of the backboard because I ain't shot in a while, right? And so, but if I was hoping week after week and week after week, I'm a problem. So that we see no matter where it is in your life, the more engaged you are with something, the better you naturally become. 
The more you engage in, in, in conditioning, the more you engage in jump, jump shooting, the more you engage in whatever it is, you get better. But the more you distance yourself, you don't. But the closer you get to God, the more transformation occurs. Now, this gift causes us naturally to want to become a gift. Now, three people share with me, what is your gift to the world? What is your gift to the world? What, what are you as a present? Yes, sir. Your gift is to minister the gospel. Who else? What is your gift to the world? That if you were unwrapped tomorrow morning up under a tree, what would be the gift and who would it be the gift for? Because nobody just goes to a tree and just open up. You'll be in your feelings if Hannah come and open your gift. And Hannah talking about it's her and she go upstairs and you never see that gift, but it was your name on it. How would that make you feel? Sad. Sad because it's your gift. So everybody knows in Christmas, hey, pass me my box. Don't, don't be opening my gift. Nobody just goes and just opens up your gift. That's disrespectful. So somebody else, what, what gift are you and who are you a gift for? That's a question that you got to think about. Because God sent you into this world to be a gift. Now, when a person gives the gift, imagine me giving my gift, giving a gift to my niece, and in two minutes I ask for it back. That's not part of the gift giving process. It's not. Gift giving means I give the gift, and it's out of my hands, out of my control. The two things you must understand about yourself is number one, you are a gift, and you are a gift to someone or some people. And if you don't, and it's crazy how many kids at, our, at Charles' age and even people at my age have no clue of that. Do you know how many talented musicians are in call centers? Do you know how many amazing artists and, and amazing entrepreneurs and businessmen and women are at McDonald's? Like, how many people are out of place, up under the wrong tree? How many gifts up on the wrong tree, never open because the people they were meant to be a gift for ain't there to open it. That's why you got to find your tree to be under. <laughs> you got to find the tree you're supposed to be under because if you are not under the right tree, you will never be open. That's why right now this room is always going to be a tree and I'm the gift that's going to always be open until, until they move me out of this whatever or I naturally stop teaching here, right? Not the church. I'm talking about 16, 18 year olds, just not my calling at the moment anymore, right? But this is the tree where I got to make sure I'm placed because when you guys open or hear what I'm opening up to you all, it can change your life. So could it be that you up under the wrong tree, up under the wrong relationship, up under the wrong friendship, up under the wrong career pursuit, up under the wrong college, up under the wrong whatever, and now you're just being pimped, but you're not being a present? Things you got to think about this age, because one thing about God, there is there is safety and obedience. When you are in the right place, you will be used correctly. So my question to you is. What is your gift? My gift is words. My gift is encouragement. My gift is coaching. My gift. I have a lot of gifts. And do you know God is going to ask on your last day, 
Why haven't you opened these two or three gifts? When I was in, at Oral Roberts University, I was sitting in my dorm room. This is what changed my whole life. I was in my dorm room. Probably should have been in class, but I didn't really care about class. I didn't really care about that. Either way, <laughs> that's why I didn't finish. <laughs> but anyway, I'm sitting in my dorm room, and, and my, I was on the seventh floor, so I can face in the cafeteria, so you see all these kids, I mean college kids, moving around. And the Holy Spirit hit me so strong. He says, if you don't fulfill your purpose... What's going to happen to them? And before that sentence was finished, I was on the ground crying like a baby, telling God, use me. However you want to use me, God. All I knew is from that moment, I started creating. And what I'm telling you is, have you had that moment with God where God said, yo, fam, if you don't do what you're supposed to do, what's going to happen to them? Some of you all, if I was never in your life, man, you'd probably be dead and gone by now. That's what makes my life worth living. When I go to that school, man, I, I, I put the jersey on, man. That's why I don't go to school on certain days. Because I know when Mr. Ezzy in the building, I got, I got the jersey on. When Dak Prescott is out there, nobody cares if his ankle is hurt. If LeBron is playing, nobody cares if his back hurt. You shouldn't have put the jersey on. And so when you put the jersey on, I say, who am I being a gift to? Like, eternity is real, man. You got to unwrap yourself now to find out what your gift is and then package it again and then release it again. Because there is somebody waiting for your gift to be up under their tree. It reminds me of a story of the man of Jesus sitting up under or sitting by a well. And who was the woman? The woman of what? The Samaritan woman. Right? Jesus was with the disciples. And back in the day, there was no Uber. You know, there was no executive. They didn't get the big suburban. They ain't take everybody. They had to walk. While Jesus was walking up the hill in his boys, he told the guys to leave. Why do you think Jesus told the guys to leave and not be at the well with him with this woman? Intimidated and what else? Interrupted, yep. Because, well, we'll get there. So, if the boys was there, they probably would have judged because back in the Bible days, that's why I never believe people when they say the Bible is misogynistic, that the Bible is a man's book. It's not for women. Jesus was countercultural. Do you know back in those days, women couldn't even be around the teachers? They had to wait for their husbands to come home and teach them. But Jesus was like, yo, y'all can rock. Y'all can kick it with me. Mary was sitting at his feet. Women followed him. And so imagine Jesus being up on in, at 12 o'clock in the Middle East. We're talking about hot, hot, sweating worse than I am right now. But he did it because he says, if I'm not in the proximity, I can't change her. She was a Samaritan woman. Jews and Samaritans didn't talk. But Jesus knew all I had to do was be in proximity, be in position. And it changed that woman's life. It changed her city's life. And now she got her name is in, in, uh, inscribed in the Bible for, for, for a thousand years beyond her life. But if Jesus would have never sat his gift, him himself, in proximity, she would have never changed. That's why I already know my days are numbered when it comes to working here. My days are numbered because I'm not a person that's going to be a Miss McCullough. <laughs> 
I'm not going to be in Mizrah. I ain't going to be for 30, 40 years at a school. I've, every place I've been to has been six to seven years that I moved on. I'm not saying I'm leaving a church. Now. I'm talking about like professionally. And so that's why if I know I have a short time with people, I give them my all because I'm going to move trees. And you got to say, okay, God, who or where are you trying to put me within proximity? Who's in your proximity now? Your little sister, your little brother, your, your mom, your dad, that you can open your gift for, your friends. That you can say, you know what, man? I know my gift and I know who my gift is meant to be given to. Because a lot of girls giving their gifts to a man that don't deserve to unwrap that gift. A lot of guys giving themselves to women who are, not, who are not deserving of unwrapping that gift. And so many of us, because we don't know that we're gifts, we're being unwrapped with people that ain't even know how to manage it. For instance... Your most valuable thing at your house, you're not going to give it to the most, uh, uh, the person that's not as trustworthy. Am I right or wrong? Right. Your little sister. Let's just, what's your favorite car? Me? Yeah. Oh, uh, oh, no, I'm not really into cars. Oh, oh, let's just say you had a brand new car. No, it doesn't matter how much you love your sister. And let's say you get a car next year and she'll be how old next year? She'll be eight. Would you get a keys to your brand new car? No matter how much you love your little sister, would you give her the keys to your car and let her have it for four days? Would you? No. Why? Because she's going to mess it up. She's going to mess it up. And how many of us giving ourselves to people who just messes us up? We give them the keys to our lives. Here you go, drive me. Yep, you can ride me, whatever you want to do. Here am I. Yo, we, go, we can get there. Because when you open yourself up and you get married, now you got, that's why I tell people all the time, when they get married, they got four or five people in them and expecting this woman or wife or husband to be in love with them, but that person's still struggling with the people they've been with. That's why you can't just open your body up to certain people. Do you know how dangerous it is, how dangerous touch is? The Bible says don't awaken love before it's time. When you awaken love before it's time, love is something for mature audiences only. We're talking about that kind of love. We're talking about intimate kind of love because y'all's brains are not even fully developed to handle what all comes with that type of love. That's why you got to say, man, I got to love myself enough to delay gratification because there's something that you awaken that your body knows what to do with it, but your mind don't know what to do with it. Your heart don't know what to do with it. That's even in friendships. That's even no matter what, because some people are just empaths. I'm just empathetic. And, and, and you will move a couch for anybody. You'll, you'll always, but you'll end up depleted. So you got to know who you are as a gift. Let me tell you something. Do you think Roy's, have you ever seen a Rolls Royce commercial? you never seen a Rolls Royce. I'm talking about Rolls Royce. How many Honda commercials have you seen? If you come down now, you can get this car 20% off. We got to deal by Do you know where people do you know where they market Rolls Royces? Where they market Rolexes? Where they market Rolexes? At the tennis? We don't even know. At the at the uh, US Open? Do you know where they put Rolls Royces by? Private jets. Because you know who makes the engines of private jets? Rolls Royce do. Do you know who can only who, who most people who can afford a jet can also afford a what? So why are we marketing to people that can't afford us? God made you as a Rolls Royce and you got a hundred commercials and a hundred days in a row advertising yourself half off. And that's why your clothes half off. 
And so when you begin to process all of this, you begin to say, I am a Rolls Royce. I've, man, I'm telling you, I've, that's why I should have never driven a Rolls Royce. I should have never. Now I have to have one. I've never had a driving experience like that. I mean, you don't feel nothing. You hit a bump, it's just like, oh, that's a pebble. But no, that was a speed bump, fam. <laughs> no, 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 it wasn't a speed bump. Because with a Rolls Royce, you can't, you just can't do, because you got it. That, that thing just, that thing just go. That thing just, I'm telling you, it's, it's an experience, all right? That's why you got to know what you're made of. Because, man, if you don't know what type of car you are, what type of individual you are, people of speed with your life over speed bump. Next thing you know, like, fam. Like a car, a regular car's a, a, a tire. Changing a tire to a Honda is not the same as changing a tire to a Rolls Royce. Rolls Royce tires, Rolls Royce rims, Rolls Royce transmissions, Rolls Royce whatever is way more expensive. And God never made anything cheap. You are not cheaply made. The Bible says you fearfully and wonderfully made, which means I am a high-priced, valuable gift. You can't get but so close. You don't do like you, like for instance, like you got to determine your boundaries. Like no no, I, with all due respect, you can't afford me. That doesn't make me better than you. It just show, it just shows I know myself better. Because people are always want to test drive you and whatever, but when it comes down to you as a gift, you will preserve yourself. Jesus preserved himself because he knew he had to make it to the cross. Do you know how many times? Come on, man. We're talking about the God of, like, we're talking about top dog. We're talking about, like, like we're talking about him. <laughs> Everybody talks about I'm him. No, he's really him. Do you, know how, do you know how many times he probably sat on the chair like, man, I'll call my, I'll call a thousand angels right now. Them Pharisees talking crazy like, man, I was there when you, when you had a fever at seven years old. You talking crazy. Do you know, do you know how much he had to hold back? Because he had to preserve himself. So that he can truly open himself as a gift. So that he can be a gift with us every day. Sometimes there's going to be moments where you're going, oh, I want to punch you in the face. But you're like, I got to preserve. Do you know how many times, man, I had to swallow my pride because I got a wife and daughter at home? Just because someone called me on my name doesn't mean I go pitch a fire. I got to make it home. I'd rather lose a battle and win the war. That's part of one of the 40 laws of power. Like, like one of the powerful laws is, man, like, like lose the battle, win the war. Losing a battle is embarrassing, but winning the war is what it's all about. And so when you understand it, you be like, you know what? I have to preserve my gift because do you know right now, who all want to be married in here? Raise your hand. Who all desire one day to be married? Do you know your husband, your wife is on the planet right now? And right now, y'all, y'all petty too. Y'all be like, man, you better not be talking to nobody. You don't even know who the person is. Don't, don't you be talking to nobody. <laughs> Like, God, you be praying to God, God, block every girl that's trying to holler at him, block every guy in the name of Jesus, right? We all, but how many of us are preserving ourselves at that level? Because one day you're going to have to stand before that person and say, you know what? Here am I, a gift. Some of us are not even good gifts. But like, we could actually become the good gifts that God wants us to be. So what are you as a gift? Who were you meant to be a gift for? Because when you and I receive the gift that keeps on giving, 
then we'll become a gift that knows how to give. So here are seven things that I'm done real quickly that we constantly get from the gift that keeps on giving and how it makes us a giver. Number one, love and compassion. That's something else that God keeps giving. Receiving the love and compassion from Jesus encourages us to extend that love to others. Releasing a compassionate spirit as a gift. When you know that you're loved, you know how to love. And sometimes love is, is in a no. I, I love myself too much to tell you yes. I love you too much to give you my yes. And so when you understand that from a human standpoint, and you understand God's love towards you when he tells you no. Not now. And sometimes with God, we're scared that he'll be like, not ever. But do you know the older you get, the more you realize the stuff that you used to want, you don't even want it no more? Like, do you want the gift that you got at sixth, you know, your seventh year Christmas? Do you want that gift now? <laughs> do you know how many people wanted a gift and they were seven years old? Would you still go play with them Hot Wheels now? No, you ain't going to play. You're too grown for the Hot Wheels. You're too grown up for the, uh, y'all, y'all probably too, y'all probably had these gifts when y'all was young. We, we had Hot Wheels. You know, and, and we had little, little, little gifts. Y'all, y'all PS5. But anyway, what I'm trying to say is, is that you don't want no kiddie gifts no more. You want more mature gifts. And so when you understand that, you will know how to say no because you know, hey, not everybody. This is what I tell people. Give people your love, but don't give everybody your heart. Give everybody your love. Some, pe- some kids in the school don't even know what I'm doing to them. Like when I say stuff like this, yeah, I give you two minutes. Mr. Ezra, man, why can't I get 40 minutes? Nah, man, last time I offered you 10, you didn't, you didn't. So I love you enough to give you something. Everybody gets some piece of my love. Hey, I wave at them. That's, even my haters get a little head nod. What up, fam? What's up? You know? <laughs> Everybody gets some type of love, even if it's cringe. Like, if it's like, man, I don't want to show that person love, but I get love. But not everybody should get your heart. How many people did we give our hearts to? But when you accept love from God, you'll be able to say, you know what? I know how to delegate my love. Number two, forgiveness and redemption. Experiencing forgiveness and redemption through Jesus enables us to release forgiveness to others, fostering healing and restoration. So now, when you know that you've been forgiven, you can forgive. Who's that person in your life you are not forgiving? You don't want to forgive them. You want them to go to hell. You want them to go to the south side of hell. <laughs> like you want them, you don't even want them to go, you want them to go to the bad, bad, worst parts of hell. That means you haven't really received the gift that keeps on giving of forgiveness. See, I can forgive you when I measure how many times I were forgiven. For instance, do you know the sins that was committed against you is not even close to the sins you committed against him? And if he, forg- if he forgave you of a million plus sins and you holding this one or two sin against this person, then you're not receiving the gift that keeps on giving. Because forgiveness gives you. People don't want to forgive because they don't want that person to get away. No, let them go. Forgiveness is not about the person that hurts you. Forgiveness is about the one that was hurt. Generosity. Understanding the generosity of God's gift in Jesus motivates us to be generous with our time, resource, and kindness towards others. Next, service and selflessness. Jesus' example of service and selflessness inspires us to release ourselves as a gift by serving others and prioritizing their well-being. Empathy and understanding. Through the teachings of Jesus, we learn empathy and understanding, allowing us to release the gift of compassion and patience to those around us. Last two, joy and peace. And then we got another one. Embracing the joy and peace that come with the relationship with Jesus enables us to release 
these qualities contributed to a positive and harmonious environment. Do you know when you receive the gift of joy that keeps on giving, then you become a joyful person. And then when you are in environments, your presence changes the room. There's people in this room. There's people. All of us are either we go into a room and people want to leave it or people want to cleave to it. That's a measurement of your joy. There's people right now, if you popped up in your head, who's the one person, you ain't got to tell me, who is the one person you, you, you can be around all day? They got some level of joy to them. They make you laugh. They make you forget about your problems. They, they're, they're just like, they're just there, right? For instance, man, I, I remember one time, well, I ain't going to tell the story. I don't know if I, how many times I said it, shared it. But I remember one time I was leaving the school. Oh, I just had my book bag on. And Lydia was like, Mr. Dance, are you leaving? I said, no, nah, I'm just going upstairs. She was like, let us know when you leave. I said, what? What you mean, let you know when I leave? And when we had a dialogue, she was like, sometimes it's just good to know that you're in the building because I don't know when I'm going to need you. That's a powerful tool. And imagine if all of us embody that to some degree. Well, we're like, man, when we in a room, people lighten up. That's why we were meant to be thermometers, not thermostats. What's the difference? A thermostat does what? Huh? That's the other one. The thermometer tells you a temperature. A thermostat what? Changes temperature. You ever been around people who are thermometers? Man, it's crazy. You know, they only tell you what's going on. They gossip. They talk about people. They only tell you about the temperature. Thermostat says, you know what? It's getting a little hot in here. Let me cool this down a little bit. Oh, man, it's too cold in here. Let me, let me liven it up a little bit. When you walk by somebody, you can feel their temperature. Oh, they depressed. Let me, let me give them a word of encouragement. Let me set their temperature to a higher number. Or a person is too angry. No, nah, man, come here, come here. Don't fight him, man. Draymond needs a thermostat. <laughs> Draymond needs a thermostat. You know what I'm saying? Like, anyway. Purpose and meaning. Last one. Jesus provides a sense of purpose and meaning in life. When we embrace this, we can release our talents and efforts with a deeper understanding of our impact on others. Jesus' ultimate goal was to get to that cross. Our goal should be to get to that place, that pinnacle of purpose. He came down, and since 12, he was about his father's business. How many of us hadn't been about his business? And we 17, 18, some of, well, I'm 38, right? There's people in their 30s that ain't been about their father's business yet. And God's like, man, it was because of me being on purpose that should spark you to be on purpose. So my question to you is, have you truly received the gift that keeps on giving? Because if not, how can you give your gift that can keep on giving? Any thoughts, comments, questions? Merry Christmas, everybody. Make sure tomorrow you take some time to think about the greatest gift of all time. And think about some of these points. This is a record. I'll post it up online for you to go back through. And start reflecting on the gift that keeps on giving and how you can receive that gift as often as you need so that you can be someone that can help others in need. All right, we're done.